Eight days out from signing day. Guys in your own backyard, Detroit, decommitting. Transfer portal guys going that you didn't expect to go. Is there trouble in East Lansing? I would have said paradise, but same same thing. We got to talk about it today. This is going to be the state of the state. I'm your host, everybody. My name's Nick Bradley. Um, you're listening to the Detroiter where we cover sports in the Motor City and the Mitten State. Today's going to be more of a um, editorial, <laughs> if you will. I Listen, I hope everybody listens because I hope, man, this guy, he's just that funny. I hope everybody listens, but in the name of honor and integrity, I'll let you know right now if you're a Michigan fan or just not a Michigan State fan, we're going to only talk about Michigan State football. For the next 30, 40 hour, I don't know, however long, until I can't do it anymore without getting a little tensed up. In a good mood, I'm feeling loose, feeling light. I've had a good amount of water today. I've eaten pretty healthy, gotten my greens in, had an apple. Can't go wrong with an apple now. Hit the gym. I'm feeling pretty good. I just got this new Tigers hat. It's just the the regular on-field blues. But I, I, you know, it's funny. It's the sickest thing I've ever fucking put on my head. I feel a little sick to my stomach about myself that it's taken me this long. I'm 25. I have a million fucking hats. I don't I actually don't know how many I have, but in my closet in my apartment right now, if I had to guess, I would probably say probably 25. And I've got more back in Troy where I grew up at my parents' place. I got a lot of fucking hats. I haven't had just the standard Navy cap, Navy brim, Detroit fucking home field caps with the crispiest, crispest, cleanest fucking old English D just shining off the front of it. I mean, it's ridiculous. I'm looking in a mirror right now down the hallway, so it's not right up close and personal, unfortunately, but my God. It's the, our logo, the Tigers logo just fucking could cut a diamond, dude. It's so, so clean. We talk about the best hats, the, a lot of love for the Yankees. Fair enough. They, I mean, iconic, right? For similar reasons is why I'm ranting and raving about the Tigers. Red Sox, iconic, no doubt. White Sox, yep. It's a great fucking hat, no doubt. The Tigers on-field blues, these things are nuts, and I have other Tigers hats. Don't get it twisted. I got a gray one where I think they wore it in spring training a few years ago. I can't remember how long ago. But the cap's gray, the brim's navy, and then the Old English D is blue with an orange outline. It's pretty nice. It's pretty nice, but I don't know what happened. I don't know if I wore it to an airport one time or what the fuck happened. I got like a fat. It's not even It's not even super noticeable, but it's like a yellow stain. It looks like highlighter juice got on it or something or like, or like a mist of highlighter. It's not super overpowering. Like, Oh man. But if you look at it, if I'm standing close to you and you looked at the hat, you'd be like, Oh, what? That's weird. It's like discolored. It sucks. It sucks. Cause it fits great. I love the color scheme. Obviously I love rocking a Detroit Tigers hat and it just has this yellow fucking mark that I don't know what to do. I've tried the water I've put my hand on my tongue and then rubbed it on the hat. Nothing fucking works. So had to get a tiger set. Had to get a just the hometown standard fucking symbol of Detroit. When this hat is on top of somebody's head, that is a symbol. 
That is hello. I am from the suburbs of Detroit or the city of Detroit. I'm from Detroit. Hello. Come talk to me. You're from Michigan. Come talk to me. You like the Tigers? Come talk to me. You're ta- you thought the Lions played well last week? Come talk to me. Went to Sidecar Donuts Monday. This is the last side story I'll tell. And then we'll get into the show. I'm just, you know, we're spitballing here. We're getting to know each other. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, I went into Sidecar Donuts Monday. Unbelievable establishment, by the way. I tweeted about it. I, I've never been in a place that smelled better, honestly. I've never been to a morgue, so you can't fault me there. But I've never been to a place that smells better than Sidecar Donuts. I don't know if it's only in California. I don't know if they're national. I'm not sure. I hope they're national. They should be national. They should not be depriving the world of what they do in there. I mean, the place was nuts. It looked like the uh, what's the 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 Peaky Blinders bar. What's it called? I fucking got it right there. The, uh, the, the, the Ballery? No. The Gallery? What the fuck is it called? I can't think of the name. Anyways, it looked like the bar in Peaky Blinders, and they're just slinging out donuts. The coolest fucking flavors. Just every single one, they give you one, and it's like three quarters of a pound, and you're going, yeah, dude, this is what I'm – the Garrison. That's what it was. Didn't even look it up. I typed in bar into Google, and then I remembered Garrison. Unreal spot, though. And the guy who got me my donut looks at my shirt. I'm wearing a lion sweatshirt. He goes, big win for you guys this week. And I kind of was like, what's this guy talking about? And then I realized, oh, shit. Fucking yeah, it was. How about those lions? Oh, pretty fun team to watch. Hey, don't sleep on us. And you believe this guy? He started to go, oh, yeah, just it sucks that, you know, the playoff hopes aren't there. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa, easy, pal. Fucking back it up real quick. We got playoff hopes. There's still four games left, Chief. Fucking, yeah, throw another donut on top for free for being ignorant about America's football team. It was pretty good, though. When you're in Southern California where they, listen, take it from me, nobody here cares about football. They don't care about the Rams. They don't care about the Chargers. They don't care about USC. They don't give a fuck about UCLA. Nobody here cares about football unless they're from somewhere where they care about football. Plain and simple. When you're walking around a place like that and someone looks at your shirt and goes, big win for your team, your team is doing something right. People want the Detroit Lions. People, America is hungry for a Detroit Lions playoff appearance. The people of Southern California can't go a day without thinking what Dan Campbell and Brad Holmes have done with that football team. Unreal. Shout out Sidecar. Great donut and they'll gas up your NFL team while you're while they're at it. Fucking incredible service. They make coffee too. I had coffee at home, so I didn't get any, but I'm sure it was great. Thought about getting some, but you know. Got a couple donuts. I got coffee at home. At some point, we got to draw the line, right? At some point, we got to. All right, let's talk Michigan State. Let's do it. Obviously, this week has not been ideal. We'll start there. I think that's fair to say. And I don't want to do – I'm going to let you know heads up or front at the front, whatever. I'm not going to sit here and just push the propaganda and go, no, no, it's great. No, no, no problem. Michigan State, they didn't want that guy. No, no, no. We wanted him to go. We needed the scholarship room. I'm not going to do the, it's all good, baby. Nothing's wrong. This is according to plan, routine. Because even in some crazy world, if this is all according to the plan, the plan kind of sucks. I don't get the plan then. What the fuck is the deal with it? Whose idea was it? 
because we're eight days now, seven, I don't know, seven days out, eight days out from early signing day in December. This recruiting class for Mel Tucker is critical, critical, not only to the success of Michigan State, but an absolutely critical period in the rebuild. Like this class needs to have a lot of guys who contribute to the rise of Michigan State under Mel Tucker. You botch this one, you're setting yourself back, and he's already felt it. I know he knows that the powers that be at MSU are fully behind him, and nobody with half a brain is even thinking about lifting a finger to get rid of him. But listen, when these guys, when the class of 2023, they're getting a lot of time for you, we're going to be in the year 2025, right? 2026? At that time, Mel, you're not going to have people running around going, no, no, it's all good. If things aren't going well by then, then people are going to start to ask some questions. Then we're going to have some angry people and the good ones like me that are willing to defend the line are willing to pump the brakes and tell the people, no, no, relax. These things take time. Michigan State will take time. I said it all throughout the season. Maybe it's my coping mechanism, but at the same time, it's true, right? Unless you're Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State. We'll see what happens at Michigan once Jim Harbaugh decides to hang it up. But unless you're one of those programs where it's like you just reload, 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 it's tough. It's tough, and it's a lot tougher when you get left the way we did at MSU. We all knew this was going to be a project. And last year was unreal, 11-2. and two, To follow that up with 5-7 and seven fucking blows. But here's the thing about last year. That was the mirage. Like, it was a little bit of a blessing and the curse. We were never supposed to win 11 games. We were supposed to be bad last year. And you know what? We got some a uh, stroke of genius. I don't know what the fuck happened. Kenneth Walker. I know what happened. Kenneth Walker is what happened. And we won 11 games, and it was a pretty nuts season. That game against Michigan ruled. It was a pretty magical ride, right? Well, now it's like we've come back down to earth. Now we're more so on the timeline. This is what it's actually going to be like. And, yeah, I'm not saying, fuck, in 10 years from now, if Mel Tucker's still losing games, give him time. No, no. At some point, we will demand wins. At some point, Mel Tucker's success won't be remotely based on, A, the pictures, B, the fits, or the recruiting. At some point, there will come a day where he is judged, his staff is judged, this hire will be judged by how many games did you win? How many did you lose? Did you make a bowl game? Who'd you play? Did you win the Big Ten? At some point, that will come. What I want to say today and what I want to get across the line before we dive into it is that we still have time. At the day of Mel Tucker's hiring, I would say the first year, it's like, all right, let's start to see something. Would be 2024 at the absolute earliest. Because you got to remember that COVID year, he couldn't recruit people. He had to do everything through Zoom. He had just gotten there. Couldn't host kids, could barely recruit, could barely put the system in. That COVID year, 2024 is the first time where it's going to be like, all right, Mel. I'm not asking you to win the Big Ten. I'm not asking you to win 12 games, beat Michigan, beat Ohio State, beat Penn State. In 2024, I'm asking you to win at least like eight games. 
Like, let's start to show that there's something here. And then when you win eight games in 2024, then we go, all right, well, that's great news because now the talent only gets better. From here on in, the talent level will keep rising. We won eight games with the lowest it's going to be for the foreseeable future. Let's see what happens in 2025 and then 2026. This class of 2023 is critical for that to happen. Because you got to think, A, a couple of these guys in the class, you know, based on what we saw last year, are going to have a chance to play at least, maybe not starting roles, but at least here and there as freshmen. You got to believe. And in 2023, or in 2024, rather, when they're sophomores, a lot of them are going to be called on to play or at least have opportunities to do so. And we have freshman guys like Keon Coleman, um, Malik Spencer, Alex Van Summer. And like, we've got guys who either played or have been playing already or are going to play next year. And in 2024, that'll be their junior, their senior year, where now it's on them. We have some guys like that already, yes. But like I just mentioned, with the 2020 and the COVID, 2021 He's still kind of like starting, or 2022 rather, he's still starting to get the ball rolling. This tw- That 2022 class was huge, finished 26th overall. We will take that. And we have Caden Hauser in that class. That guy's going to be a stud. This 2023 class needs to be at least the same. Like that, we got to get this into the top 25. So with all of us knowing all of that information, because look, that's the truth. That's the truth. You want to be the biggest MSU homer on the on the planet? Fine. I'm not going to stop you from cheering on state. But look, that's the truth. This this class needs to be either as good or better than the class in 2022 was. They finished 26th overall. Just days ago, weren't we in the top 20? We get a few decommitments. We're back down to 50. And yeah, the quality of the player where it's like 91 point something. So yes, the quality of the player is good. You need players, though. It's football. People get it. You could have the 10 sickest dudes. People get hurt. Shit happens. People transfer. You got to get some bodies in there. I don't think you need to take 25 kids, but let's get this thing up to 16, 17. Like, you need to replace people. Mel is painfully aware, I'm sure, of the situation he was left at the state of the upper class next year. We saw the upperclassmen this year. It's going to be their team again next year, the D'Antonio holdovers. He knows what he's got. We got to get some bodies with some ability in here because people go down. We saw it this season. Xavier Henderson, Jacob Slade, we can't stop anybody. They come back, hey, this defense isn't so bad. We need bodies. So to be bleeding commits and having what, I don't know, I thought to be a promising freshman wide receiver and Jeremy Bernard hit the portal, it is a little alarming. I'm not saying, oh, my God, this is it. We're going down in flames. I'm not saying Mel's not the guy. I'm not saying it's not going to get figured out because we got plenty of time. I'm just saying at this point, if this is the plan, if we're going according to plan, the plan doesn't look good. Let me take a quick break and we'll dive in. So these decommitments, Caleb Coley flipping to Auburn, which – He's got the legacy thing there. His dad went there, I believe. He's going there. He's from the South. Shit happens. Part of the game, like we've said, you want to be a big boy? You want to play with the big boy programs? Listen, Alabama has guys transfer. Alabama has guys decommit. It's part of the game. And then Jonathan Slack, 
four star, I believe, center from Detroit King decommits, and then Germany decom or uh, transfers. So here's what I've heard in the Twitter spaces: Justin Spiro and MSU Chief. If you're on Twitter, they do great spaces. They were talking about it the other day, and they were going from their quote unquote sources. No clue who those are. I don't know. I, <laughs> I love MSU Chief. Don't know how he has sources exactly. I don't know what that even means for a guy like him, where he's the chief of propaganda, like he's making jokes and shit. But they said, yep, the Caleb Coley transfer, okay, yeah, he's from Auburn, or the decommit, fine. They said the Jonathan Slack thing was because he didn't have good enough grades. And then they said the Jeremy Bernard thing was because MSU, the staff, they tried to play him this year, and they just didn't think he was getting open. They didn't think he was doing well enough. And I guess Jeremy wanted assurances coming into the, this next season. Hey, Coach Tuck, I'm starting next year, right? Otherwise, I'm going to hit the portal. And Tucker wouldn't say yes to that. He was like, dude, you'll have a chance to play. You're going to have a chance to earn it. You, you, If you play well enough, if you work hard this offseason, yeah, you'll have a chance to be the number one guy. But he wouldn't say, yes, you will be. And Jeremy hit the portal. According to them, that is what they said from their sources. Again, I hope it's true. Obviously, it makes State seem a lot better. Oh, we didn't want them? Okay, fine. No big deal. And I'm happy if that is true, that Coach Tucker wouldn't promise anybody anything. That's fucking – what do you think this is, dude? It's Division One football. Oh, I'm going to promise – unless you're Charles Rogers, nobody's getting promised shit around here. Unless you're Kenneth Walker, nobody's getting promised shit. So I'm glad Tuck didn't fold on that. But here's my here's where my hesitancy comes from is – Obviously, both being MSU guys, their sources being within the MSU football building or however it is surrounding MSU are all like, is every time someone decommits from state or someone transfers, is it always like, oh, state didn't want them? Like, are we sure that that's the case? Are we sure? I get it. Let's make ourselves feel better. Let's make state look good. All right. Tuck didn't promise him, all right, you know, he didn't have good enough grades, which maybe he didn't. I don't know. But is it all, like, it feels like so much of the time when there is a decommitment or, like, Kendrick Riscano flips or uh, decommits, it's like, oh, well, you know, State felt this way, so they kind of, it was mutual. The QB in Austin, Texas, too. Um, I know he was hurt, but it was like, yes, yeah, State said, sorry, pal, we're moving on Bo Edmondson. Is that the case? Like, all the time, that's the case? I don't know. I just don't know if I fully trust it just because it's coming from MSU. Even that's word for word what their sources said. It's coming from people at State. They're not going to go, yeah, fucking Tucker did everything he could, and he still said no. Like, just doesn't sound good if it comes out like that. So I don't know. I do know it looks bad. I don't know how much it act actually impacts other recruits, like the Sam Lee of it. Or the Sean Brown kid who's at or committed to Arizona. I don't know how if they're going, oh, well, I don't know if I want to commit there now. Like, look at they got guys decommitting. I don't know. I don't know if it impacts the transfer game. I I, I just know as a fan, I'm sitting here going, well, they, we shouldn't we be doing the opposite thing? Like net early signing days in a week. Shouldn't we be gaining commits? We got fucking 10 guys in the class. Shouldn't we be bringing people in, right? Shouldn't we be adding? I feel like that's the whole thing. That was the whole thing with Mel, right? Like we're going to recruit at a high fucking level. What? 
it's got to happen. You're running out of time, Mel, and we're not going to judge him, or you shouldn't judge him. I won't be until February, National Signing Day, when it's all said and done. There is no more changing. There is no more flipping. Still got a lot of time between then and now. But at the moment, I don't feel great about that, and I think that's an okay thing to say. As long as you're not overreacting and going, talk, he's not who we thought he was, or you're going, this is a dumpster fire. As long as you're not freaking out, because we're going to get more commits. I mean, they're not idiots, dude. They got, they have their jobs for a reason. Ten guys, they know that's not enough. They know they're going to add, and they will. I'm just saying, talk better have something laid out where we're going to add enough to fucking crack back into that top 25. Because 50th? 40th, 35th, like wherever this, if it ends up and it doesn't go super well for us, we're sitting at 35. That's not good enough, dude. That's what D'Antonio was doing. And no disrespect, but he wasn't the strongest recruiter. We brought Mel in because this guy's going to recruit his ass off. He was talking about if you can't recruit at Michigan State, you probably can't recruit. Like, all right, dude, 35, that's the same. We need top 25, and at some point, it's got to get turned up more than that. Like the class of 2024, which is off to a very hot start, I will say. Super early, but very hot start. I think three pretty high four stars in that class. Like 2024, we got to be talking about top 20. And it's sitting at 16th right now with a Fort Nick Marsh from River Rouge, 75th in the country, 74th in the country overall. And Jamari Howard, corner from Florida, 166 overall in the country. Yeah, that'll fucking do. But like the, the class of 2024, we got to show some improvements. That's got to be top 20. I'm a little nervous just at the fact that we have 10 because even though we might feel confident about a few flips or Kedrick Riscano recommitting, I, it's, that's a lot of bets to be making. You need six, seven more guys. That's a lot of shit you're hoping goes your way. And you're recruiting against some top-tier fucking programs who now are willing to spend a lot of fucking money. The one thing – that even if, let's say, the recruiting window ended today, let's say right now, this very moment, our classes were what they were, obviously it wouldn't be good enough. But the one redeeming quality about what we do have committed as it stands is three of our top four commits are defensive linemen. Jalen Thompson, Andrew DePiape, and by Job. I don't know how to say DePape, DePape, I don't know. Three of the top four. Jalen Thompson's 219 overall, DePape's 137, and Bijob's 82nd in the country. Those guys help you win games. Those guys, you get elite talent. We just talked about it yesterday with the Lions. You get elite talent at a critical spot, a.k.a. the fucking entire defensive line, then you can start to see some quick, quick impact. Shit happens all of a sudden defensively. You might not have the best linebackers, or secondary in the country, you got a top-tier defensive line, you'll be all right. You'll get some stops, dude. You'll force people to punt. No, it's fucking do not worry about that. Then we got Jordan Hall, who's going to be a stud linebacker. And after that, Stanton Randall, our next guy, offensive tackle. I like that we're pretty good in the trenches. We got Cole Dellinger, another four-star on the offensive line. We're pretty good in the trenches. Still got a lot to add, but the, the two – at least the defensive line being a strength makes me feel a little bit better. However, this thing ends for 2023. All right. We got some top tier fucking guys coming in on the defensive line. That'll help. That'll help big time. 
as far as yeah, I don't know. As far as the recruiting still to go, I have faith in Tuck. Like I said, I'm not going to freak out or judge this class until we hit February in the National Signing Day and we're all out. But at the moment, you know, it doesn't look great. And I think that's fair to say. I think that's honest. And there's nothing wrong with that, dude. I mean, what are we going to do? Just turn and look the other way and say, we're this is the best thing ever. We're ranked 50th. Woo, this is exactly where we want to be. No, we're not. Come on now. Come on now, baby. Little integrity, little honor. Let's talk about mm, the season prior. Do we talk about 2022? Do we talk about it? Because it sucked, dude. This past year sucked. Plain and simple. And I know I just said 2024, 2025, but this year, dude, losing sucks, man. Losing's the worst, bro. And losing the the way we did a couple times, it's not a fun time getting routed. And I know they're Ohio State, but I'm sick of losing to them. I'm sick of getting smashed by them. I remember where Michigan State, Ohio State felt like a toss-up. I remember where Michigan State, Ohio State, for some reason, whatever it was, I felt like, yep, we're about to give these guys a hell of a ride. I'm tired of getting smashed by them. We've been good against Michigan. I miss Indianapolis. I'd love to go to another Big Ten championship, dude. 2015 was so long ago. And we've been in it late in the regular season a couple times since then, but we didn't win the Big Ten. We were in it late. We didn't win. So, whatever. We felt that last year. Unreal season. Every game was a treat. Sitting there at the end of the year like, fuck, Michigan's playing in this game? That sucks. I wish this was us. I'm ready to start winning again. I need, I need us to start winning again. I at least need us to start feeling good. Because I know how the fan base feels, and I don't think as a whole we feel great at the moment, and probably rightfully so. I'm sure the staff, I'm sure the guys on the roster don't feel ecstatic about where they're at, about how this season went. I'm sure they feel determined and like they're going to change it and next year is going to be better and they'll be the guys to get Mel Tucker's era up and running at Michigan State. I'm sure they feel positive moving forward. But if you asked any of them, hey, what, what do you think about this past season? Nobody's giving you good answers. Nobody's going, well, it was, you know, it was fun. Played really hard. I thought we were a pretty good team. Nobody's doing that. I'm ready to start winning. I want those big games. And that Washington game was a big game going in. You felt the fucking buzz in the air. I was boots on the ground in Seattle. The place was green and white as far as the eye could see. I'm sure back home. Fucking glued to the television Saturday night. Prime time ABC at Washington. One of the most iconic venues in college football. Hell yeah, we were ranked top 20, maybe top 15, I can't remember. Hell yeah, it's our first test. Hell yeah, that was a big game and you were looking forward to it. But then it was over before it even started. And after that, then we got Minnesota. They steamrolled us and the fucking juice was gone. All the air out of the tire. I want, I want it to be November and me to be dialed because MSU needs this win. 
I want it to be week 12 against Penn State, and we got to win this game to go to Indy. I want to have to look at flights and be like, fuck, man, it's 500 bucks to get to Indianapolis from LAX. I want that frustration. I want those problems. I want to look at my bank account and go, I got to sell more t-shirts if I'm going to go to this game, but I'm damn well going to this game, so I better figure something out. I want that stress, dude. Because that's what it's all about. The big-time atmosphere. Fucking hyped all week. You know you got the guys. They know they got the guys. It's going to be sick uniforms. MSU pulls up and Tuck's going to look like a G stepping off the bus. Spartan Nation, wherever the fuck they could be playing at the North Pole, Spartan Nation will be representing. I want that bad. And a pile on top of it. All Michigan's getting that right now. They're beating Ohio State again, taking care of Purdue in the Big Ten, and then they're going to the college football playoff for the second year in a row. Good for them, right? Good for the happy for my Michigan friends. I'm sure, it's a hell of a ride. I remember last year, I remember how exciting it was. They get more of that, dude. It's a little more sting. And losing would suck no matter who won the Big Ten or who was in the playoff. But Michigan's having all this success right now. It's a little bit more of a gut punch than it would be otherwise. I need to get back. This past season, nothing was good enough. The offense wasn't good enough. The defense wasn't good enough. The staff, Mel Tucker, was not good enough coaching football games. Nobody was. It needs to get better. We got to add talent on the offensive line. We talked a lot about Peyton Thorne throughout the season, at least I did. Um, and I kind of came on a few times, especially I think the Maryland game was the last game where I was like, all right, let's see what Caden's got. Because it was clear he wasn't getting it done. And I Spiro, again, from that same space, has made a pretty good point where he's like, Peyton had, I think, 19 touchdowns, nine interceptions. He could run the ball a little bit. Like, I'll take that from a college quarterback. That's pretty solid, which I don't disagree with. But my whole thinking was, I get maybe he's playing all right. Like, he, he's not the problem, sure, but it it still isn't working. He might not be the problem, but he certainly isn't the solution. We have a guy who out of high school was a stud. I'm listening to things where it's like Dante Moore and Caden Hauser were at the same camps together, and people walked away from it going, that Caden Hauser kid is a fucking ball player. There's reports out of East Lansing that guys on the team, when they talk about Caden Hauser, they're like, He's the real fucking deal. Caden Hauser is going to win fucking games at Michigan State. I promise you that. There is some buzz around this kid. Let's see what he's got. I wanted that. Going into 2023, at the very least, this thing better be an open competition. I don't care who's the upperclassman. I don't care who's been a captain. I don't care who has more starts. We're going into 2023. Who's the better player? I don't know. Either of your names never seen you before. Who is better at playing quarterback? Whoever that is, whoever makes more plays, whoever gives us the best chance to win, even if one guy's good and you're great, whoever that is, he needs to be the quarterback this coming season. And that go that's every position, not just QB. It's a little more politicky and it's a bit of minutia to switching up quarterbacks, which I understand. And I, I, I get why Mel never switched it up this year. I get it. But next year, we got to make it open. Next year, it's got to be the best players play. Caden's had a year. 
learn the playbook, bulk up a little bit, kind of get a feel for the college game. He's had a year to watch. Now let's let him play. Now let's see what he can do because, I mean, if nothing else was evident after this 2022 season, this should be. We need to upgrade pretty much across the board, including the QB. Our offensive line needs to get better. I hope they slam the transfer portal. I hope we add another freshman or two in this next class. The offensive line, and we can talk about Peyton and the QB. We can talk about Jay Johnson, which this is the tough thing, dude. It's like a chicken and the egg with the coordinators at State. Our offensive line got abused by – it felt like everybody we played. Outside of Illinois, our offensive line didn't do anybody any favors the entire year. I don't care who you have calling plays. I don't care if Mike Vick from the Falcons was running the show for us. It doesn't matter if Charles Rogers came back. You don't have an offensive line. You don't have an offense. Plain and simple. Everybody with the lines is talking about, man, this Ben Johnson's incredible. This guy's so creative. Oh, He's going to get head coaching looks. Yeah, Ben Johnson's awesome. I love him. I hope he doesn't leave. Dude, our offensive line's nasty. We've got dudes up front. Jared Goff is the fucking opposite of mobile. That guy's been having a year. Yeah, he's been very good. Yes, our wide receivers are good. Yeah, Ben Johnson. Our offensive line is a stone fucking wall in front of that guy. They're so good, we throw them the ball on third and eight to clinch the game. Are you kidding me? Or third and one, whatever it was, the penne. We got to figure that out. And we just talked about it with the recruiting class, the defensive line too. You got to get after the QB. You got to be able to stop the run up front. I mean, I don't give a fuck how good or bad our secondary is. I'll tell you what, before when Xavier Henderson was out and we couldn't stop anybody, that defense that Mike Pennis has dropped his nutsack on, if we had a filthy off or defensive line, if we got after the QB with four, if it was that 2015 line with McDowell, Shalik, Lawrence Thomas, Craig or Joel Heath, if it was those guys, we'd be looking a lot better. Nobody would be like, we have the worst secondary in football. People wouldn't have been talking about Scotty Hazleton just because we had a defensive line. You got to get back there. Look at Michigan. Why are they so nasty on defense? The line. Will Johnson's sick. DJ Turner's nice. Their defensive line gets after you. They plug the run. Look at Michigan's offense. JJ's been good. The weapons are good. Blake Corum's sick. Their offensive line abuses opponents. That's where we need to get. That's where everybody should be trying to get. That's how you win. That's why Georgia's so good. That's why Alabama's so good. LSU, yeah, they got the toys, but the toys come after. The toys are icing on the cake. There's a reason they're called jewelry. You don't need them, but God damn it, it looks good when the, the light hits that diamond just right. Got to get the guys up front. Got beat up on both sides. The play calling wasn't great, and I don't know what you do with them because, like I just said, it's a chicken and the egg. We got Xavier Henderson back. We got Jacob Slade back. All of a sudden, Scotty Hazleton, he's all right. He can call a defense. We're getting stops. People have to punt. That's fucking crazy. All of a sudden, Scotty, hey, he's all right. It's not half bad. And same deal. People with quote-unquote sources going, Scotty Hazleton knows what he's doing. Scotty Hazleton's a good coach. Like, wait till he gets some guys. You saw he got a leader in the secondary back, and he got a leader on the line back, and the defense got way better. Two people played. Two leaders came back, and the defense got way better. So it's like we all wanted Scotty dead at the beginning of the year. Now you look back, and it's all right. Well, do we? I guess we give Scotty another one. Let's see what he can do around on round three, right? It's like we're held hostage and offensively, same deal. 
Jay Johnson was the same coordinator for last year's team. Best offense in MSU history, I believe, like most prolific, highest scoring offense in MSU history. That was the same guy. Offensive line turns the rubble. You don't have Kenneth Walker. Fucking job gets a lot harder. It's like a chicken in the egg. Is it Jay Johnson's fault? Is it the fact that nobody blocks? Is it the fact that, I don't know, maybe Peyton Thorne isn't that great, whatever the case is? Is it the fact that he just now all of a sudden he forgot how to call offense? He was great. He was the best we've ever had at this school last year, but now he doesn't know what he's doing. And I don't, I don't fucking know. That's the worst part is I don't know. I played football in high school. I kind of had a feel for the game. Yeah, I quit after college. I don't watch film in my free time. I don't fucking know. Is it the chicken or the egg? Is it because of the coordinator or we don't have talent at crucial fucking areas? I don't know. And I understand the symbolism of we've got PTSD from D'Antonio holding on to coordinators too long and the symbolism of Mel going, yeah, that's not good enough. We're get, we got rid of him. It's got to be better. We don't accept that. I understand. But I also don't want to make the wrong decision, right? I don't want to let go of a great offensive coordinator just because uh, this one year with the shit offensive line didn't go didn't go so well. Scotty Hazleton really is this great at calling defense. I don't want him to go somewhere else just because, fuck, he had nobody to work with. My, I'm like handcuffed. At this point, I'm – it's like Jesus take the wheel. Whatever Mel does, I'll be okay with. I don't know if I'm necessarily going to celebrate one way or another, but I'll say if he holds on to him, 2023, again, has to be better. Next year, there are no excuses. Next year, we're not having this conversation again if it goes poorly. 2023, they stick around. 2023, you better be damn sure, Mel, is better. Plain and simple, because at the end of the day, it comes back to him. All right, one more quick break, and we'll just chat a little bit about, I don't know. I was going to say 2023, but the main thing I wanted to talk about is Kate Nauser being a fucking animal. I mean, you hear reports. Listen, as bad as it might seem right now, and we'll see whatever happens, we've got a guy in the building at the most important position on the field who was at some of these camps with the five-star top 10 quarterback in the country out of Detroit, and people were going, this Caden Hauser kid is filthy. That guy's at MSU. There is some high praise surrounding Hauser. And I said it before he even got here. You watch his highlight tape. The dude's got a fucking ricochet for a right arm. You blink and the ball is in the receiver's hands. Actually, Tim Tebow took an hour to throw it. This guy, you can't even see it. It's faster than a fucking hydrogen particle. Shout out nuclear fusion breakthrough. And the ball is on the money every time. He can throw the deep ball. And oh, by the way, he can run too. He's athletic. He'll scramble. He'll run downfield. Fuck it, dude. You leave him a lane. He's quick. He'll take off. The guy can do it all. He can throw on the run. He's accurate. He's got strength. Quick fucking release. We'll see how he plays when it comes to reading a defense and reacting to the college level. But we've got a guy who's got a lot of promise, who's got the potential to be the best quarterback that's ever come through here. And we've had some good ones. Brian Hoyer, Jeff Smoker, Kirk Cousins, Connor Cook. We've had some good guys. Even Lewerke wasn't terrible for a year there. Peyton Thorne was great last year. We've had some pretty good fucking quarterback play here. And we've got a guy who can blow them all out of the water, potentially. It'll be all right. Next year, I think next year will be better. I mean, it has to be better. 
I think this recruiting situation will figure itself out. I do think we'll finish in the top 25. I have faith in Mel. I mean, as much as this year sucked, and I'll reiterate again, it fucking sucked. I still have full faith in Mel Tucker turning this thing around and getting us to the level where we are competing for Big Ten championships. I have full faith. So until February, National Signing Day, 2023, I'm hanging on. Staying quiet. Yeah, I'd prefer if things were going a little differently, but Mel Tucker's still in charge, and I still have full faith in him. All right, I appreciate everybody listening. Go green, Spartan Nation. Fucking stay strong, people. Stay strong out there. We got, we'll got, we be all right. Spartans will. Remember that shit. Um, you want to play with the big boys? All right, it's a little bumpy. Success isn't a linear fucking road, path, whatever you want to say. There's ups and downs. We'll get there. If any Michigan fans are sticking around, they're still here. The second string.com Friday, 5 p.m. Eastern, the victors back-to-back Big Ten champs design that will drop there. Do not miss it. Do not be late. They're going to fucking fly. I got a feeling. Um, anybody who supports, if you have supported in the past, listen to the podcast, share and all that good stuff. I appreciate it. We'll be back again tomorrow covering more Detroit. And if I don't see you, have a wonderful weekend. Talk to you guys tomorrow. 